0: hello everyone happy monday welcome to today's podcast it is monday july the 24th 2023 and um hope you had a great weekend i spent the weekend um with christy and we were down in or actually over in um margaritaville for uh, uh just camping took our trailer out and um spent a long weekend thursday through sunday at camp margaritaville in Arburndale, florida um it's a nice place just resort all-inclusive couple of pools uh no, that's not true it's not all-inclusive <laughs> that's false it's just a a uh a, a, a resort um and so yeah, we spent uh, a lot of time out by the pool. Um my daughter came and joined us for a day, so we spent some time with her on Friday. It was good, man. It was good. It was hot though. Whew. I was I was just praying that those air conditioners held up under that heat. And they did. Praise praise the Lord. <laughs> Cuz I am not about camping in the blazing heat like out in the elements. No thank you. Mm-mm. So the trailer stayed nice and cool. So I was happy about that. So, um, but good to be back and uh, excited about today's reading. First Corinthians 13. I mean, come on. I mean, what? the? Mo- <laughs> I mean, arguably uh, one of the most read passages in the Bible, right? Um, it is read at one out of three weddings or more. Uh, Christian weddings for sure. Even non-Christian weddings, you will will reach into the uh, into the Word and get First Corinthians chapter thirteen because it's powerful, it's beautiful, it's uh, well, I mean, it's timeless, and it's uh, it's not very long. It's one of the shorter chapters of the Bible, but just incredibly powerful when it comes to understanding what love is, um, which if ever we needed a uh, clarion call, reminder, um, undistorted perspective of what love really is, it's today, and no better source than to go back to the Word of God and just read First Corinthians 13, and it's, oh, that's what, wow, that's what love is? Um, and so these notions of love that are propagated and espoused in our world today is a pretty, uh, generally a a pretty, uh, far departure from what the scriptures teach us about love. Um, so yeah, so let's do it. Let's just dive in. It's, uh, it's, this chapter to me is both refreshing and convicting <laughs> when i read this uh because you know as a christian we are to be this is this should be this should be the the heart of our motivation this should be the way we act it should be the i mean it's an ideal right it's a, it's a it's a it's a lofty calling and so uh, and so we're, we're never going to hit 100% on on this um but it should be our aspiration uh, we should hopefully be moving closer to it. And certainly, if there are areas in our lives that are not lining up with it, it provides us a mirror so that we can correct. So that if our attitudes are out of sorts, if our if we're getting a little bit selfish, if we're getting a little bit, uh we're holding grudges, if we're uh, becoming bitter, It just reminds us of really what should be the motivation of our hearts. Um, And really what Christ comes and places in us by indwelling in us. Um, So let's do it. So remember, this is right in the context of uh, the church. It's not a wedding. (laughs) 1 Corinthians wasn't written written for a bride and groom. uh, That is uh, a marriage ceremony. It was written for the church, the bride of Christ. I mean, I guess it was written for a bride—that is, the bride of Christ—but it wasn't written for a a uh, you know typical wedding service. It's about how the church should behave. What should be the the uh, dominant characteristic in the believer, in the individual, particular believer, and as a collective, the group, the body of Christ, the community. This should. Um, Propel us. Because remember, Paul is talking to Corinthians who are like all trying to um, jockey for position. And I'm smarter than this one. I've got more spiritual gifts than that one. And uh, I don't follow Paul. He's, you know, too earthly for me. I like Apollos. He's more classy. He sounds bad. He's my guy. I'm, you know, uh, just all these earthy, um worldly um, camps that people have camped out in, camps that they've camped out in. A loss for words there um and all these uh these um uh, uh coronal motivations and paul's like look guys i want to remind you of love so what does he say first beginning at the end of chapter 12 and yet i will show you the most excellent way remember he just got through speaking about spiritual gifts and how those gifts should be used and um You know, diversity of gifts and not, you know, all gifts. People have, everyone has a different, has different gifts, but they're all valuable. We're all part of the members of the same body. So anyway, here's how, so how does all this function together? And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging symbol. If I speak in the tongues of men, so he's saying like um the the tongues of languages. The language if I speak of and Paul we know spake, spoke at least three languages. Uh Aramaic, Hebrew, Greek. Um and so he's saying even if I if I was, you know, fluent in a diversity of human languages, or if I, or in the tongues of angels, and many people believe that's a re- reference to speaking in tongues, the glossolalia, the spiritual gift of tongues. So even if I sp- spoke in the, the, the spiritual language and human languages, I can do all of that. But if I don't have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Just making noise, man. Just making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move a mountain, but I do not have love, I am nothing. Man, you feel the power in that? Like if I give the gift of prophecy, which you just got through saying, like there's no, like these are the highest gifts. Prophecy, tongues, can discern mysteries, predict the future. Like these are like, you know these are heavyweight gifts. And if I can even move a mountain, Jesus said, "If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can look at that mountain and say, be thou removed,' and it will and thrown into the sea, and it will obey. It will do it." Paul's saying, "If I even if I ha- if I had all of that faith, and I was just throwing mountains, and I, was, I was playing catch with mountains, but don't have love." i am nothing i'm there's nothing to boast about if it's not with love if i give all i possess to the poor super generous man give generous make big donations sacrificial giving tithe regularly giving to every youth group calling every missionary adopting three or four children from world vision and compassion international children of promise If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I haven't gained anything. I gain nothing. So Paul here in the first three verses is basically saying is is elevating love, right? Like love is like if I I can do all these things, but if the motivation, uh, the dwelling, the indwelling presence of love is not in my life. If the motivation for doing all of these things doesn't come from a place the wellspring of love, then it's meaningless. Well, so now he's going to so now the question is what is love? Well, if love is if the love is the difference maker, like if all these external things matter not without love, then what is love? Well, this is the next part of the chapter. He tells us what love is. Love is patient. Hmm. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. You know, sometimes uh, when we teach this chapter, we encourage people to put their name as a way of um, evaluation and reflection in the place of love to see how we're doing, right? So, for example, verse 4 would be, Terry is patient terry is kind now i'm already breaking the rule <laughs> the first one patient like oh i got work to do <laughs> but you just go read it everywhere it says love in this next part and you put your own name and it is a great challenge for us back to verse four love is patient love is kind it does not envy hmm. doesn't it doesn't uh it isn't jealous of someone else's success doesn't isn't jealous of someone else's gifts and talents doesn't want what someone else has it does not boast so if it does have what someone else doesn't have it doesn't boast about it you see the relationship that, between envy and boasting envy is when you're on the, the on the the uh the deficiency end right and you want what someone else has boasting is when you have you're the have and you're looking at the have not and you're boasting about it but love the lo- love doesn't envy, and love doesn't boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Wow. Are you keeping a record of wrong, my friend? Is there someone who hurt you or harmed you, and you, you got a record? You got a log? Of um, of the wrongs that they did. You have a, a watertight case of why you're right and they are wrong. Hmm. You gotta let it go. Keep no record of wrongs. Let it go. Love lets it go. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. See, that's what love is, man. See, this is a reminder of what love is. This is so countercultural. Because love, pure love, is all of these things. And it does not delight in evil. It rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Wow. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. Wow. You know, this is supernatural stuff right here. You know, you read this and you're like, wow. Like, love It not easily angered. Love keeps no record of long, it del- wrong, it delights not in evil, it n- does not, it rejoices only in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always, always is like all-inclusive, always hopes, always persevere. So uh, this supernatural stuff, man. We need the spirit, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives in power to be able to live out of this motivation. Amen. We've got to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. There's no way you're gonna live. 1 Corinthians 13, and that kind of love out of the flesh. You're not going to live it on your own. You can't live it on the out of the flesh. You can't just strive and work to be that. No. It is through surrendering and allowing the Holy Spirit to live in and through us. The presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus living through us. because it's supernatural stuff. If this is going to be the way we live in our marriages, if this is the way we're going to live in the church, this is the way we're going to live in, uh, just as we live and move in the world, we, we come on, we need the Spirit in the presence of God. Because I, I can't do that, man. I can't do this. I can't do, I can't always trust and always hope and always persevere. I can't always be patient and kind. How, how am I going to do that? Not in the spirit of Terry, tell you that. <laughs> Only through the spirit of the living God. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, this, the cl- conclusion of this chapter is just gorgeous. It's just beautiful. Love never fails. You can always hope on, but you know what? The, the stock of love is always climbing. Come on now. You can invest in love and you will never fail. There are a lot of things in this life you can invest in, and there's no guarantee. But you invest in love, it's 100%. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. He's talking about maturity, right? When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. What he's saying? I'm growing up spiritually. When I was uh, when I was a child, I lived uh, out of the flesh. I lived out of the motivations of 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 greed or zealousness or envy or uh, pride, but I've but I put those childish things away. I've put on love. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. We can't see the whole picture yet, but then one day we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. One day we will see Jesus face to face. Right now we only see him in part, but one day we're going to see him fully, and he's going to he's he's going to we're going to be with him fully. And he he knows us as we are now, but one day we'll know him fully as he is. In verse thirteen, and now these three remain: faith, hope, and love. That's the uh, old Pauline trilogy right there. Paul's trilogy of faith, hope, and love. It appears several different times in his writings, but um, this is probably the most well-known and, and just a beautiful <laughs> uh, ending to this chapter. And now these three remain. When it's all said and done, all, all you know what? These are the three that, these three things really, really matter more than anything. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these of this trilogy of faith, hope, and love, the greatest of those three, the greatest of these, is love. Wow. What a great reminder, guys. Not a lot I need to say about that. That chapter speaks for itself. Um, and may we just uh, live out of this motivation of love. Um, yeah. And may you know that you're loved, that you are loved deeply by the Lord, that uh, this kind of pure love that is illustrated in 1 Corinthians 13 is uh, coming at you. From the presence of god he always hopes it on you he always has faith in you he trusts you he's patient with you he's kind with you he always protects you he will never fail he will never fail you let's pray you guys lord thank you so much for your holy spirit Thank you for this beautiful chapter that has inspired millions and millions and millions of people the world over throughout human history and continues to do so today. If ever there was an example of divine inspiration, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So thank you, Lord, for filling our hearts up today as we've read this most profound chapter. Lord, may we be people who love like this, but we are keenly aware that we cannot do it on our own. We do not have the capabilities of doing that. That's why we need you, Lord. We need the supernatural infilling of the Holy Spirit to guide us and empower us to live this out. May it be true of us in our marriages and in our families. May this kind of love be true of the church. May this kind of love be true of each of us individually as we live and move in the world. And may it point to something greater, the source from which this comes, which is you. Lord, thank you for my friends today. May you bless and encourage each one of them today. May you show them in a special way your great love for each and every one of them. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time today to be in the Word of God and share this time together. Hope you're encouraged today. Hope you enjoy uh, the rest of the day. Tomorrow we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And uh, thank you for liking, subscribing, and commenting and sharing this chapter. You know, someone might need to hear about this. Might need to hear about, be reminded of the power of love. Be reminded of what love is really about. So take a moment and share this on your social media feeds. Let people know about it. Put on your story. Really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. Bye.